0: The people that are gonna win, unfortunately, but truthfully, are the people that are not only just the not get rich quick, if you started a business today, I'd be happy. Like, I know you're seeing all these like millions, millions, millions. I'd be happy with 5, 10K a month, man. And then the rest is going into brand. It's never mattered before, it matters more than ever now. Community, content, that's what's gonna get you your conversions. So we call it in here, we call it C4. Content, community, conversations, then you get conversions. This is The Fighting Entrepreneur, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to change the world. Learn how to start, build, and scale a business in today's highly competitive business environment. Here's your host, The Fighting Entrepreneur,
1: Anik Singhal. What's up, you crazy fighting entrepreneurs? Guess who it is, your favorite person in the whole ad world. We got an amazing fight coming up today, not really, but um, man, we got a great, great guest. I don't know. This guy's like the Superman of business. Uh, and you know what? Before we started, we um, I asked him, hey, what all are you doing right now? And I kind of regret asking that question because he was like, this, 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 this. And I'm like, what the? And the thing is, you know, I, I meet entrepreneurs in my life where I ask them what they're doing and they'll tell me 17 things, but like 16 of them are just on Excel and they're not really doing anything. So it's just impressive to hear, but it's not impressive to see. But when I spoke to our guest, like each of these things he's doing, they're like eight figure brands, if not more. And so it's like, wow, that's a lot. So we, we're going to have a really fun conversation that's going to tip into like lifestyle, how you manage all these businesses. But then the big thing we're going to talk about is where this industry of digital world is going. Him and I, we, we almost started to get into it. We were driving on something and I thought we should save it for the podcast. We have, you know, his predictions line up with mine. Um, and we'll talk about why. So right now the market's still frothy with webinars and 997 offers and w- what we call mid ticket, right? You could call high tickets, like mid to high ticket. I don't know. I'm getting I've been I've been kind of looking over my shoulder a little bit on those a little bit just thinking, "Hmm, what's going on?" So we're going to talk to we're going to talk to Lowe's about that today. That's it. I let the cat out of the bag. Mr. Silva is going to be joining us. So before I introduce you to him, what's up, man? How are you? Um so before before I bring you on though man um, I want to I want to tell everyone how we met and um, and I think this is a, it's a cool story. So uh, and, and before I even do that remember onicpodcast.com click subscribe below hit like do all that fun stuff help us boost up on the algorithm blah blah blah. All right. Now they got that out of the way. <laughs> um, I and, you know, I've known about Josh and, and we, we lovingly call him Josh Snow because I cannot say his last name for the life of me. Um, and anyone who doesn't know Josh, he's the founder of the Snow brand. And this thing is doing, I don't know, 200 million or so a year. It's nuts. I went to Best Buy the other day, saw it there. It's cool to be able to know like, hey, I know the person, like I have a cell phone number who created that brand. So I met Josh like a year ago because as you guys might know watching this podcast, I was starting an e-com brand. And I wanted to get some advice from him. So then Josh and I started kind of talking to each other more. And in that time, my e-com brand is starting to take off. And I'm starting to see like, oh my God, this thing could be way bigger than we had originally think thought. So I put this Facebook post out and I was like, hey guys, you know, really trying to learn more about how to build direct to consumer e-commerce brands. Very specific. You gotta not drop shipping, blah, blah, blah. blah. No, this is like, I buy massive inventory. I stock it. I build a brand. I you know, want to get And So you should see, you can still see my personal Facebook profile. All the names that are recommended. And it was just like, Lo Silva, Lo Silva, Lo Silva, Lo Silva. It was like overwhelming. And I'm like, who is this person? Like, what the heck? And then I happened to speak to Josh. And Josh is like, you got to talk to my business partner, Lo Silva. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is freaking everywhere. And so someone texted, text connected us, we had a call. And uh, I I can say that's the beginning of what looks like it's going to be an awesome friendship in the future. We've just been jiving with each other. So uh, Lowe's, thanks so much. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk about everything you've done, man.
0: Thanks for having me, man.
1: Yeah. So excited. So everyone, he's built an agency, he's built e-commerce brands, he's now building a brokerage right now, he's taken partnerships, he's done influencer marketing, he's been published by the likes of Ryan Dice. I mean, we're talking about a full-blown, you know, he has had vision and and and, and foresight from all the different parts of our industry. So whatever predictions he makes and what he says today, I would, I would really take home. Lois, I gotta just ask you a fun question because I'm sure there's a story behind this and I wanna know, I want you to get into your story, where you come from, and all that. But, yeah. dude, I wasn't looking you up on on LinkedIn. Could not find you uh, until someone was like, "It's low hustle," <laughs> on LinkedIn. Uh, so tell that story because that word that I feel like the word hustle, you got like it creates interesting emotions in people. But yeah, tell me tell me the backstory to that, and tell me a little bit more about where you came from.
0: Yeah, so the backstory to that is I used to have an Instagram account with like half a million followers, and it was called It's Los. It's Los. Just go to It's Los, Insta, easy, right? Uh, I changed my name. To, my name's Carlos. Uh, but if you Google, if you Google like Carlos Silva, uh, either people that have been in jail, uh, Spanish rappers, or athletes come out and it's not a marketer, right? So I was like, what's the best way to STO on this thing? So I changed my name to Los. It was easy, it was more memorable. Uh, and then when my account got hacked and stolen, I couldn't get at Los, I couldn't get Los Silva, so I was like, I don't know, like Los Hustle. And so we went with Los Hustle. That brand ended up growing. That Instagram account's at almost four hundred thousand followers again. And we just changed everything. People Google me like that, people search me like that, which is funny because we're actually trying to buy uh um, Los Silva because. I think the hustle thing, you know, it's, it's served me well for a while, but I'm not really a hustler. Like I'm not in the hustle stage of my life. Uh, I'm in the more operations and scaling side of my life and building more lifestyle freedom and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, a, a lot of times no one even knows my last name. It's been like Los hustle, Los hustle, Los hustle, or just Los. So that's why my LinkedIn has that.
1: You know, man, that's really interesting. Um, I definitely want to get, I feel like this question might even lead to your story, but you said something that, again, this is probably the 18th thing you've said to me in the last two weeks where I'm like, damn, we're like on the same wavelength. You called it, and I quote you, hustle stage. Talk about that because I'll I'll throw my two cents in, but what do you mean by that? What what are these stages and, and where does hustle stage fall in?
0: So when I started in this industry, um, I didn't know much about it. I used to sell video projectors on eBay uh, at 20 years old uh, in Crown Victorias. I I figured that there was a good arbitrage margin between those things, and then I started selling speakers, just anything I could get uh, in arbitrage on eBay, uh, to the point where like that was the largest Bose distributor, Bose speakers in the United States at like 21 years old, just from eBay flipping. Uh, And then after that, I started a ebay did like an algorithm thing to me i didn't know what that was so i just stopped i had a lot of inventory so i started an actual construction company with like home automation and stuff Uh, i worked with disney house of blues like i by like 25 that was almost i think we did 800 grand like biggest year that was the biggest i had ever done back then uh and then 2008 hit the economy crashed and i had to get back into stuff so i started doing digital uh i'm a good negotiator and i'm always looking for arbitrage so i started doing like display media buying back in the day it was different than like native you would negotiate rates with people and stuff like that and so i made a course uh, and i put it on udemy i didn't know any about these things right i just want to make like ten thousand dollars that was like it for me at that point i i from losing my first business i just couldn't fathom getting big again or doing anything good again uh ryan dice found uh bought the course I, I knew who he was, I looked up to him at the time, I immediately emailed him. Uh, and I said, Hey, would you want to publish me? Cause that's what he was doing. Ezra Kate and all those people Right? he was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Flew out published. Uh, we, we launched the course called the whale method that Perry wrote. Uh, it did really good for a few years. And then Brian was looking for a position for a CEO, uh, for a brand called startup jungle. I became that CEO. So we partnered on that, that business didn't come to full fruition where we wanted it to go, but. We've stayed great friends. And I learned the ins and outs of like an eight figure at that time business. Right. And so from then on, I was going to masterminds, I was scaling my business. And the hustle comes from, you know, I was doing well. It was never enough, but it was not enough because I was always grinding, going to these events. And it was always like a dick measuring contest. Like, well, I started getting very insecure because I was doing 100, 200,000 a month, nothing crazy, but someone was doing five. And I was like, Meh. like I'd go home more insecure than i would like trying to share you know and so for years uh i was chasing other people's dreams and other people's lifestyles and other people's everything because i was not trying to fulfill anything of mine until i finally like one day i realized that that's what i was doing and i stopped and i was like i don't care if Phonic's is making a trillion if anybody's doing whatever i'm going to focus on my stuff And that's when I finally started to to grow out of that phase, get into the more consistent eight figure business mark. Uh, And then I realized one day, okay, now that I'm here, what's next? What do I want to really achieve? And for me, uh, my dad passed away. He actually took his own life, unfortunately. And it made me reflect a lot on like my phase of life, what I want to do and what matters to me is definitely money, love money. It's fun, but it's what it does. It creates memories and it creates time. So my business partners are my best friends. Like we have, five to eight vacations a year with these guys uh and um i do business with people that i love and cherish those those are the people i have fun with and i build everything i can to spend time with my family uh and now i'm not working and i'm trying to teach everyone that i work with we're not about the grind and the hustle you know we have a a theory here in, in our offices it's called impact over effort i don't care how much you're clicking the buttons i don't care how hard you're grinding you can make a lot of impact in a little bit of time if you just take a step back and frame the system and the process that you want to achieve and then go put that effort in instead of having to just kill yourself for things and I, and I want to that's why I'm trying to get rid of the hustle name because I want to kind of be the anti hustle like i i think that it didn't serve me uh, emotionally, strategically, tactically, uh, as much as I thought, but it was just this grind mentality that we are in this industry. You know, going to masterminds, it always becomes like who's got the newest car and everything. And we wanted to build, uh, I wanted to build something like, well, who wants to go on vacation together? Who wants to like share some secrets? Or, like who wants to like be open and honest with each other instead? You know what I mean?
1: I do. So let's unpack that a little bit more because I'm going through a very similar journey myself. And one of the biggest reasons why I've been very vocally talking about how much I, I don't like. I'm going to try to use softer words. Facebook. Um, and why i'm very 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 selectively using facebook is because of exactly what you just said you cannot scroll on facebook for more than 10 seconds without wanting to throw up in my opinion because you're going to get either of two things you've got either facebook jamming people in your face that are Obviously saying things that are going to trigger you because Facebook has figured that out or you're going to get the marketer. That's like, look at my thirty two thousand dollar in five second trade or look at my this or look at my that. And having been around this industry for 20 years, I know that that's one in 50 for them. And I know like the whole story and it just sickens me to know like that that continues. It's 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 annoying. But I also want to. So, so I, I'm also in this phase right now where. So my wife and I are expecting our first soon, our first child. So it's like this whole like, okay, you know, I wanna, I wanna be present for that. I wanna be there for that. Now I'm also very fortunate, and I like to express that that I'm in a place now in my life where I can make choices. I have choices. I think wealth and success brings the ability to have choices, and so when I come out now and I say yeah, you don't need to, I don't need to hustle. You know, it's the truth, actually. I really don't, I can make investments and do well. But I also feel like that's a privilege that I got because of the hustle. Right. So I have this interesting thing where I want to tell my students like, hey, those who are anti-hustle always remember at one point they probably were hustle and it did serve them. And it led to, that's why I said, you said hustle stage. And I'm like, I kind of feel like in every entrepreneur's life, that's still important, right? Or am I wrong, like, can, can you know?
0: You know? No, I think you, you think? need it, I think you need it. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't intense, and, and you know, it still serves me that mentality of like, I've, I've lost businesses, I've bought businesses out of things, like, I've, I've done the whole thing, right? And that hustle always brings me like, when the time is dark, like, it brings you that security, like, I, I will never be not rich. I can never not be a millionaire. Like it's impossible. I don't know how not to now, but it's because of that, right? Like before you're always like struggling, you're stressing like, well, how can I make money now? It's like, what do I need to do? It's so easy because you hustle and you learn so many things that once, once you have that confidence, it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Everything can go away tomorrow. I'll be fine because you're not a hustler anymore. You're an entrepreneur.
1: I, I, and, and I love that you said that. And I want everyone who's listening to set that stage. There is a hustle period. Now that doesn't mean you never sleep and that you grind yourself to an oblivion. It, it just means you, you put the hours in, you deal with the pain, you have more losses, but there is also a point at which you switch out of that. And I think life will naturally smack you upside the head when it's time for that. It did with me. Um, and so I want everyone to understand. You know, and I always connected to this. Anyone who hasn't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad's Cashflow Quadrant, um, life changing book, completely changed my whole perspective. And he walks you through, Robert Kiyosaki walks you through from employee to self employed to business owner to investor. And I'll tell you, in all of that, my most stressful part of my life was with business owner (laughs) Um, because I had all these employees. I have, you know, that's stressful. But I'm now in my migration to investor, I'm right in that moment. But everyone, it's really difficult. I'm not gonna say it's impossible. It's very difficult to go from employee to investor, right? So you kind of, kind of, gotta go through those, those steps. So that's just important to hear from, you know, a couple of guys who will talk about life in a different way. Just remember, we did it. <laughs> we, we, we went through all of that, 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 the grunt. Um, killer, killer story, dude. What were you doing before? You said so. You went right into it. 20 years old. You went into doing eBay. I had a job. That's awesome. Uh, do you mind me asking how old are you now? Like, so how long are you 35? 30, 40. 40. Okay. So we're similar in age too. Um, so so let's talk about, let's get right into it. I mean, right now, you said, you know, you you called yourself an integrator before we started talking. And you said, Hey, listen, I'm the kind of guy that I see. So I'm 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 the exact opposite. I'm a visionary. I right. can't integrate for the life of me. Um, I see, uh, I see big picture. And then the minute people start asking me the specifics, my eyes cross over and I'm looking for you. <laughs> I'm like, where's, where's the guy who can take my nonsense and translate it? So give me the difference. What, what is an integrator, which is what you label yourself, and what other types of people are there out there?
0: So, there's a book called Rocket Fuel, which it talks about visionaries and integrators. It makes you take a test, all this stuff. And so- What's it called, sorry? It's called Rocket Fuel. Rocket and Fuel. And it, it, it explains, the entire book is about visionaries and integrators. So a visionary is someone like yourself who's like, hey, I got this idea, it's gonna be a huge idea. We're gonna make everything big. There's no details inside of that, right? Like you just know it's gonna work. You just have the process. You might have the strategy, et cetera. But like in the intricacies and the little nuances, you're like, well, I don't know about that. Like someone else is gonna to have to help me, right? Because an in- a visionary is also quick to be like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna waste that kind of time, boom, boom, and, and move. An integrator kind of fills in those details and those spots. Right, and so I actually didn't know I was an integrator until a few years ago, um, because one of one of the businesses that I have it's called SVG. What what we do is we we have, a, it's a service agency, but then it has another division where like, we basically partner with you. We don't basically, we partner with you in an LLC. We own the business and we're building a brand together. It just doesn't have my name on it. So the funnels, the operations, the customer support, the masterminds, events, whatever it is, uh, salespeople, hiring, training, all that stuff. Like we do it. Right. That's why we own it. Uh, and as people were introducing me to other people are like, Oh dude, this is the best indie creator I've ever met. And I, I retook, uh, like certain tests. And I realized that, I have a little bit, I'm a good mix of like, I have visionary in me. I can, I can see how to build an eight figure business simply, or sip seven, whatever the case, but I also have like good, like, okay. And these are the steps and this is the people and this is the process. And so how I hire now is I hire integrators below me to get them even more into the nuances. So I can sit with like a Josh or like a Kent who are my business partners, and I can say, okay, I see what you want to do here's what we're gonna do, here's what we're gonna start, here's who I'm gonna hire, this is what's gonna happen. You know, So it's very, if you wanna ever think about getting a co-founder or a partner in something, uh, it's very important that you don't necessarily get the exact same person like you. Uh, I'm blessed to be pretty uh, similar, but opposite enough to be a support system to the people that I'm partners with. And I think that that's how you build long, long-term relationships. Uh, and you don't have that like quick hit of like, oh man, it just didn't work out. <laughs> You're two alphas doing the same thing, not wanting to do the, the detailed stuff. That's where problems arise, you know?
1: Would you say Josh is a visionary?
0: Two hundred percent Okay.
1: So at Snow, because one thing I've always wanted to ask Josh, and I'm going to have him on later, is like, why is he always so available? I'm like, you run a $200 million a year company. Why are you always, like, why do you text me back within five minutes and, you know, I can have calls with you. But does he have powerful integrators working with him on that brand?
0: 100%. And he's a great leader. And he, you know, he's taught me something. The dude's only 29, right? So, like, he's way younger than me. But he as we've been become partners for a few years now, and we have a lot of brands together now, he started like making me lazier, uh, a better, essentially a better integrator. He's like, Lois, we don't need to do that. Just less work, more money. I'm like, well, how do we do less work, but make more money? It's people, it's, you know, so it's peoples and processes. And so mm. I get better at people and processes. So we can be like, well, we can do this and this, but don't worry, you're not even involved. And so that's kind of how that system works.
1: That, that's, that's brilliant. I wanna, I wanna talk a little bit more about that too. Um, but I personally did not know this distinction until about maybe two, two years ago, I think the realization happened. And I look back and there's one company that I have had, oh man, it it could have taken off that what, that was a company, you know, the, the mission of which the world needs still till this day. And that's exactly why it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. I can't say it failed because it got to a place a good place but it didn't do what it was supposed to it was because I was playing both roles I was playing visionary and integrator and I suck and I created a lot of confusion and there was just this, there's me and there's the team and there was this like, I see the gaping hole now in the middle, right? there. I should not be talking to that team. I'm going to confuse it, you know, because I'm going to come here with this and, oh, this is what we're going to do. And then I'm going to go here. This is what we're going to do. And the two, do they line up? Not, that's the least of my concern. Like, I don't know what I said to this team two weeks ago. And what I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking about what I'm excited about. You got to have that layer in between that says, okay, we'll take what he said, we'll systemize it and create. And and I am like visionary of visionary. Like I have like very little operational in me. And so anyone who's, who's listening right now, really analyze that about yourself because if you're getting started with a company, you could be starting off on the wrong foot from day one because visionaries, I know I can speak as a visionary. I can't speak as an integrator, but visionaries hate being integrators. I don't want to do that. It is... It yeah. is Painful. I think the other way you could still do it, right? I think integrators could still be visionaries, but it does not work the other yeah. way around.
0: It does not at all. Yep. If you're full on, like you just can't do it.
1: So, so listen right now, I'm going to ask you a fun question. Cause, cause you, you've done agency, you've done e-commerce. You said you do masterminds. You're doing digital stuff now, right? You guys are selling courses, um, content. Um, you have a brokerage. Um, I happen to know behind the scenes that you've told me your guys are working on a SaaS. That pretty much covers like the spectrum of what you can do on the internet. All right. So I'm going to put you on the line here. I'm curious, which is your favorite? Like right now, if you lost it all and you could only build one type of business, what type of business would you come out and
0: build? So I, I say it like this. Uh, I, there's a checking and a savings account, right? In, in everybody, right? So digital high ticket is your checking account e-commerce is your savings account like if you want to have an e-commerce business and you think you're just going to cash flow it out you're not like it's a side hustle it's a it's a a fun little drop ship thing but if you want to build a real company the more money you make in e-commerce the more money you have to spend it's just an unfortunate reality but you'll make it all in strides if you can sell the company that's why i call it a savings account You have to have something that makes sense that can cash flow you a little bit. I always tell people in our our mastermind, listen, make some content, sell some consulting, some coaching. You'll offset yourself from the stress of like, I can't pay myself, I gotta pay this. I got new inventory, we're we're scaling, blah, blah, blah. So that's your checking. You feel comfortable and safe. You can keep the momentum on the other one. And then the other one is your savings account. You put your heart and soul and, and all your money gets reinvested into that business so it can scale up and you sell that business for a good multiple right? You're not going to sell a digital business that has your face on it. Very, very difficult to do. The EBITDAs are very small on that e-commerce. You can sell it. People are picking them up, especially now a bunch of aggregators focused on just that. Um, so I think those are my two favorites. If I had to do, if I had to say,
1: that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way of putting it. You know, I always say so when I'm ta- when I'm coaching, uh, I will say it's exact same thing, but I like your way of saying it almost more. I say value business and income business. And, um, what, where you go wrong is if you try to suck the wrong thing out of the wrong type. So I've tried to suck value out of an income business, destroyed it. And I've, and if you try to suck income out of a value business, you'll destroy it. Um, it's just not going to work. So know what the business is and build it to that tune. And you're absolutely 1000% correct. Like I've now gotten to a place where I've started to separate things and Hey, that's my income business. That's my value business. So, okay. So you said high ticket. Kind of mastermind slash coaching and e-commerce. Those are your two favorites. Um, so have you ever put a number to like how much you've done online since you started? Like if if you if you had a gun to your head right now, it's like how many hundreds of millions have you generated in revenue or whatever? You have you ever thought about it, put a number to it?
0: I've probably got about half a billion with me and clients.
1: Yeah, and clients. That's yeah. that's incredible, man. So in the in the world of, I, I guess I want to talk to you a little bit about your brokerage just because I'm personally curious, and um, then I want to come and talk to you about predictions. I think we'll spend most of our time there. So when we first spoke, you mentioned to me like, "Hey, I have a, I have a brokerage hub. and I found that very intriguing because like I've been really evaluating personally what my investment strategy is going to be in the in the future, right? I'm like, I've been really attracted towards real estate, especially commercial real estate. It's it's drawing me in. But I've also been really attracted to like the, not private equity, quote unquote, um, but more just business rotation, right? Coming into a company, helping it out, and then selling it And company. It, that's the fun stuff. Everything else around it sucks. I enjoy taking an idea of scaling it, getting rid of it. As soon as it gets to a place where it has to be managed, it's not my strong suit. I'd rather bring in other people right. who are better at that. So how, what is your brokerage like? Where did that, did that just come out of thin air? Did you plan that? Like, what are you guys doing? Tell me more about this brokerage.
0: Josh texted me one day and said, Hey, I've been looking at this brokerage for a few years. It's for sale. Let's buy it. I said, all right, that was it. We, we didn't even know the price. We didn't know anything. Uh, and then we figured it out and then I was like, all right, well, how does this fit in the roadmap of our brands? Right. Yeah. And so yeah. with, with powerhouse, uh, which is our econ mastermind, what we want to do is kind of be the, the all-inclusive, like everything that no other group gives you. Every mastermind you probably have gone to on e-commerce, they're like, hey, here's how you scale Facebook, and then they get a Pinterest guy, and then that's kind of it, right? So we wanted to kind of, we give you consulting, coaching, all these things, but then we build services on the back. So we have Lifetime Value, a, a Lifetime Value service company that helps you. We have Powerhouse Support, which is American-based customer support people uh, for you. We have powerhouse accounting because most people's numbers are off. Uh, And so we built kind of like a flywheel of services to support the modern entrepreneur. And then what made sense is like, we're teaching people how to scale these businesses. Why don't we just help them sell it? Uh, And so that's why we bought DealFlow, the brokerage. And it's made us learn a ton, right? Through that, we're getting a lot of bigger opportunities of investing and advising. we looked into doing a rolling fund, but we decided it's just not really that profitable. It's more like a flex, but we, we don't care about that. Um, but it's interesting the, how people buy, the EVA does the multiples, how you categorize your business is very important. All these little intricacies and nuances have made us better entrepreneurs and like what we focus on, what the time is. Uh, and it's it's really it really gives you a pulse on the market. And who's buying what, what's cracking, what's working, and what people are not really that interested in. So with with the brokerage, honestly, a savings account like it's just it makes money it's, it's a passive business you know we help people scale their uh, their business here then we help them sell it here and we get a small percentage just for being you know the middleman and supporting people on that yeah.
1: oh my god i wish we had two hours there's so much to unpack there so first and foremost um cool that it, it's kind of ironic and cool that you bought a brokerage so and that's how you got into the business of it um and i noticed this right away when we first spoke i i kind of saw your guys' evil master plan. And I was like, I see what they're doing in e-com. It's you graduate, you graduate. So it's like, bring in the beginner. Hey, we'll help you get a business set up. Oh, now your business is set up and you're making some money here. We'll help you scale it. Oh, now you're scaling it, but you really want to become an eight-figure brand. Hey, join our mastermind. We'll help you scale to an eight-figure master brand. Oh, and now you've become an eight-figure brand. Uh, Hey, come to our brokerage. We'll help you sell it you know? So it's like, that's awesome. It's brilliant because you're supporting them, helping them, but you're also monetizing. So at the, at the beginning, at the low level here, your LTV is nuts, right? Like you can spend so much money to acquire someone into your ecosystem. Um, I just, five minutes on this topic, because it, again, personally is very relevant to me, where I've been the last year. You said, by buying a brokerage, you found a lot of intricacies in a business, such as how you do your books, how you label your business, and how you categorize. No one ever talks about this, but this is a big thing I've learned over the last year, year and a half, too, is I got a whole new meaning to the phrase, "start with the begin with the end in mind. Um, and to talk a little bit to those things, like give some examples of that. I know them, but I want their listeners to hear it.
0: I'll give you an example. We have a... Um... One of our businesses, now that we've learned a lot, one of our businesses, and this is true, you can fact check it, whatever, but um, one of our businesses is SMS marketing as a service for e-commerce entrepreneurs. We use, uh, we're partners with a company called Postscript, we're their premier person, we send them the most leads, like they're a big venture-backed company from the valley. Uh, And it's a service business at the end of the day, right? You scale it to whatever you want to scale it to, you're going to get two, three times max it's nothing crazy right so we worked with them and said hey we want to turn this into a little bit more build better dashboards build a better flow that connects with you guys as an integration and turn it into uh, a software that gives you data analytics and kind of like a a better opportunity to understand your uh, revenue per per mailing percent per text right kind of like an email system with that with better dashboards and, and logic they're helping us do that and once we create the software side of that." It's now a Martech platform, right? We're having managed services plus like AI plus uh, technology on software. Uh, that business can go for twenty times revenue, right? All we had to do is build. Yeah, you know, it's going to cost a couple hundred grand to to build it all out the right way. But we could, have, you know, we could sell the business for nine million bucks, a couple of times revenue, or we could sell the business for one hundred fifty million, you know, by. 2030, 2026, 20, which is our goal to do, right? Because we realized oh, well, if you we categorize this and do this, connect with these people. That's going to blow it up. Okay, great. The other thing, we have an event business. I I don't really even call it a mastermind. I call it a consulting company with four events, right? Because we realized that if we start systemizing it in a different way, we can actually sell to a Clarion or a different company as an event company. And we have other uh, masterminds as well that we're partners in. So we can roll that up and do a roll-up, basically grab all your groups and do all that and sell that as one event company to a bigger conglomerate for a bigger valuation, a 10 times valuation. So those little intricacies, like most people, I can't sell my mastermind. You actually can, and you can connect with a few other people to even make that a roll up and get a bigger piece of that pie. Right. So crazy stuff that people don't think about, but you kind of have to hit a certain level to be thinking in in that place. You know what I mean?
1: It's so true. Like, so we're talking right now and people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I I know so many are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's fine. And five, six, seven, eight years from now, you'll remember this conversation and you're like, God dang it, you know, but then you'll have learned that lesson for yourself and you'll never do it again. So 100%. So let's look at learn as an example. Okay, everyone. Um, If I had done this as a recurring company where we charge rebill, it's much harder. Okay. Your cost per acquisition is high. You you bleed and hurt in the beginning. It's painful. You're not going to be super profitable. But over time, what would have happened is my valuation for a company like Learn will be significantly different than the fact that we're different. Now we're super profitable, we're growing super quickly. Most novice minds would actually think that super profitable and super fast growth, that's enough. That should determine a multiple. It's actually not. It's the type of revenue. It's how how assured is that revenue to the buyer. And so now all of a sudden I'm looking through those lens everything I've learned because we had a company I was I was a co-founder of a business that did do a big VC raise and so I've been playing in this world for a couple of years now and so as I get ready to think about my next business it's so crazy cuz I'll end up I'll hear myself say I'm not going to spend that time building that that's going to sell for one to 2x of of revenue right. And it takes the same amount of time and energy to build that business as it does this one, and this will sell for 10 or 15. The other thing, everyone, is 20 years ago, this wasn't the case. The valuations have been separating a lot more as the internet matures and as, you know, user behavior changes. So for those of you looking to start a company, a business with an exit in mind, something to think about is, look up what type of business you are and what are the valuations for those businesses, go check them out and and make sure you're happy with that. But, um, all right, Lowe's, let's get into predictions. This is interesting. You've been around the block, you've been in this space for 15 years. I've been in this space for 20. We were talking about cycles of before we started recording. You are predicting a major shift coming that people need to hear about. What is it?
0: So for the past, I would probably say six years, maybe seven years, uh, High ticket has been the play, right? Everyone used to, uh, back in the day, if you haven't been in the industry, I know that we have and we can probably attest to this. It used to be Ascension-based offers, tripwires to Ascension-based to bring people in and just live off the email list and then try to have like a big back end, right? And that was kind of it. You just go for volume, huge affiliates, affiliate, affiliate, affiliate. Everyone's, you know, commingling revenues because everyone's selling the same thing, blah, blah, blah. Then it turned into we're doing high ticket. High ticket is three to 5,000 turned into five to 10,000. And that ran, everyone stopped and said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. The industry as a whole said, this is what we're going to buy. And everyone buys five, 10, 15, 25,000, all the way up to $50,000 things on that Ascension that's lasted us about five, six years. And if you looked at it on a trending cycle, it, it, it's been trending down. It's harder, the economy is changing. Uh, the The market is K-shaped, they're super rich people and the people that need more are getting less. So these people are trending up, they're looking for more. These people can't afford where they used to be able to try to hit that dream system at. And so what's happening now is like all those people are starting to um, be in the middle. They've bought everyone, they bought you, me, John, Pete, Tom, Taylor, it doesn't matter. So now they're like, they're either doing it or they, not done it but bought enough to where they don't want to do it again and the people coming up don't have those budgets so how do we acquire people well you can go up market or you can go down market down market would be freelancers if you want if you used to work with coaches and consultants you got to freelancers if you used to do e-com for people that are doing 20 30,000, you got to teach them e-commerce now if you're teaching people how to do high ticket coaching consulting you got to start with like here's how you build a digital product right and so you're going down market then the middle is going to offset itself. It's not going to be as powerful. I actually believe you can go from here a longer cycle instead of six months to go to like 5k, you're going to take nine months to go to 20k because you're really supporting the person and the people that were here, instead of going down, you're going to want to trend up. They don't have the time for a mastermind. They've been in six or seven they They're They buy two a year. Anyways, they're just, this yours isn't it right now, but they need it done. They need it. They need systems and operations. So they just want to hire the people. So services. I think are going to go really really big and i've consulted with a few guys in the digital space doing eight figures that are like dude we need ad services right now because no one's buying the other stuff and down market to recapture new audiences and to build a fresher list that's not as jaded as what we've had for the past few years i think uh this is exactly what it's going to happen in my in my personal opinion obviously i could be wrong but i really don't think i am because i've seen webinars take their cycle ascension models take their cycle high ticket affiliates launches, it all goes cyclical, and then it comes back.
1: 1,000% agreed, um, everyone. So I am on the record. My team has heard me saying this, so they know they could vouch for me. Um, 2008 is what I'm going to bring everyone's attention to. And the way it works in our internet marketing space is that we're a little delayed, okay, from the economy to the impact on our space. We're a little bit delayed. So in 2008, market collapses, things happen, and by end of 2008, still looking okay. You start to see the fizzle out. Some people, affiliates leave, people implode, little things, but mostly you're still holding it together. And by mid to end of 2009, nothing was working. Things weren't converting. Affiliates were gone. Launches weren't, people weren't showing up. You know, um, things weren't converting. And by 2010 and 11, it was bad. I mean, that's how, that was the time when I fell 1.7 million in debt. Everyone knows the story. I talk about it all the time. And the way I came out of it, God knows who would ever think was by using a $47 product in the personal development space with a video sales that are completely fundamentally different from what we were doing. And then that became the thing, man, for two, three, four years. I mean, you would have big million dollar affiliate driven launches on a $47 front end product. And then in 2013, I ended up having this huge audience of people that are buying my 37 47 products and I was like gosh maybe I you know what I'll launch this is where Inbox blueprint was born everybody it was a 300 400 dollar offer I sold millions in it I'm like uh oh and then that happened to be the industry kind of recovered the economy recovered and then that was when the webinar was really born it was like people started just doing webinars in 9 and 7s march 2020 when the whole pandemic stuff happened I told my team I said guys I think this is it we got to go low ticket. Now I was I was wrong, because the economy did not do what I thought it was going to do. Because I did not expect the government to pump in trillions of dollars, but that the rooster has to come home or whatever they that saying is right. Like we're all even today as we're filming this. I I was expecting the market to drop today, but it didn't. Like we are all just hanging on by a thread of this optimism. Like let's all keep pushing each other up, but like the crap is going to unfold at some point. And we've also had like, I'm watching this trend. And so I'm only sharing this Lowe's cause I would love your feedback or if you disagree with me at any point, um, I see comp and jobs going to an unsustainable level. Now you're starting to see big businesses releasing really bad income reports because their their comp and salary and, and human cost, labor costs has gone through the roof. Goldman and Sachs issued a big thing about that. They, they almost all their profits went to that. I think you're going to see a rollback in that. I think companies are going to get hurt in the markets and then they're going to, Peloton just let go of, you know, 2,800 people. 2,800 people. Yeah. And so this this is it. This is the beginning, right? And when that happens, people don't want to spend $1,000, $2,000 impulsively on a webinar. That's what we saw years ago. The other trend I'm seeing everybody is being a media buyer is you can't go wide. You can't go cold audiences when your first product you're selling to that cold market is $1,000. And so that makes you stay in this one closed off market, which is exactly what Lowe said. They eventually burn out on those those priced offers. So you need to continue expanding market, but the only way you're gonna do that is by creating an offer that they feel comfortable impulsively purchasing, which isn't a $1,000 offer. Now, the challenge for everybody it's great to talk about this. So Lois, what do you think about this? The challenge is ad costs are still high and anyone who's venturing off into the low ticket has to be ready to bleed for a little while before they break po- break profit. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's true or no?
0: I totally believe that's true. I think that this is going to be, um, I think the future of what comes out of these uh, these next few years is gonna be business owners, not marketers. I think that the guys that had the up and down, like I'm a high ticket coach, I made $2 million net, whatever, bro, see you later. You're gone. Because you're you you're also, What you know what you did? You bought a Lambo, you bought a Lambo truck and you didn't go test $200,000 on YouTube. And you didn't go pay the best video sales guy on TikTok. You didn't test all these efforts because you think you rode a gravy train. Because we've ridden gravy trains and saw them go away, we were terrified and said, no, let's double down. I think that the people that are going to win, unfortunately, but truthfully, are the people that are, not wanting not only just to not get rich quick The people, if you started a business today i'd be happy like i know you're seeing all these like millions 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 i'd be happy with 5 10k a month man and then the rest is going into brand it's never mattered before matters more than ever now community content that's what's going to get you your conversions so I, we call it in here we call it c4 content community conversations, then you get conversions. That's the only way. Is it slower? Yes. Is it more expensive? 100%. Is it less immediate um, dopamine? Like you, ha- you, you don't see the hits? Yes. But other than that, you're gonna pay for Facebook. It's not gonna deliver what you want. You're gonna have to bleed out. You don't have a back end. You gotta start putting more time into things like, uh, you gotta start putting more time into things like content and YouTube and podcast And yeah, that, you might see that result in a year and a half. But yeah. if you don't do this, you don't have a business anymore, bro. The days of like that easy stuff, that's just gone away.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, what I told my team at Learn. I said, uh, in a couple months, we need to get fully content focused. And everyone, I'll give you an analytical reason why. Uh, it's fact-driven, data-driven, demographic-driven. Our younger generations, our millennials and younger, they grew up in Web 2. They grew up in conversation, in constant engagement. One could argue maybe too much, constantly yeah. being connected to things. So you said this, brand value is more important today than it ever was. Brand value is everything because especially the younger generations, that's what they're looking at first. I, I don't buy. Do you know how many times I've been in a store now? I'm I, We're laughing about this because we're out furniture shopping for the nursery. Do you know how many times we're hearing? I can hear other people saying, taking pictures and saying, I'll research that and buy it online. I'm, just, I'm petrified for retail stores. Like, who's buying there? We go. I genuinely go to look at it so that I can then punch that into the Internet, read what everyone has to say about it, and make a decision to purchase it or not. And and also use that search to see what other products are similar. Like, we are such a different consumer today than we were 20 years ago. And to so that conversation, you're 1,000% correct. The brands that win are the ones that are going to invest in time and creating healthy, good content. And you know what? They're going to be the ones that put themselves out there. And if they have a crappy product, you can't hide. The days of hiding are gone. So if you're doing consulting and you're, 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 your uh, clients aren't getting results, you can't hide that. It's, it's gone, like there's a group about you where your clients are talking about you right now that people will find. So you're 1000% correct. That I want everyone to think like, if you're building a business right now, what is your content strategy? Even though I love paid media, I'm, I'm, I'm a paid media guy, I spend a million dollars a month on paid ads. But I've also started to realize our ROAS is dropping and our team will say it's because the cost per click is going up and I'm like, that's true but we're also not adapting fast enough to how people want to buy now, which is buy that, buy the user, but win their trust, it used to be you buy the user and trust. It just comes in, but you buy them, put them in your system, but then man, you got to work them to get them to like you um, and trust you. And so what a different way of thinking. And you think this is the same with e-commerce too?
0: Yeah, I do. I think, I think it, it doesn't matter. Like, People people want to buy. Also, I think with e-commerce, the businesses that don't have a face are going to have less success because people yeah. want a brand. They want a person. They want they want vision. They want results. They want to connect more than ever. They want to connect to the person. Uh, and if you're not doing these things, it's even harder in e-commerce. Man, that's a lot. Man. Yeah, that's the industry you want to be in. Man. Um, it's going to be the hardest. Uh, thank God that we're where we are. And we learned this before. I don't know how easy it would be just start nowadays now can you do it yes it's just you got to be more patient and that's the thing like every other ad that's why you don't like facebook every other ad and every other thing just shows you how to be impatient successful and rich And that's just not true man like i i tell everybody i'm like listen that's just not the truth it's hard and it takes work and you're gonna you might have to take that alone but if you believe in what you're doing and what you're creating then you'll have success but the people that are successful have longevity
1: it's very true patience is one thing i suck at i've been working on the most i'm publicly saying that to everybody uh i have noticed a skill i've noticed a trend amongst the wealthiest i know and i've been upgrading my network lately and it's one that slapped me across the face the wealthiest most successful people i know are the least stressed out least anxious and least rushed they are there is no fomo they let things play out the way they're supposed to if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't if it's meant to be it will and i'm i'm shocked you would think it's the other way around and it really isn't the most successful don't they don't believe in pushing and pulling it's like we let things take a flow we guide we just kind of nudge them along to the direction, but let it take its own course. So, powerful stuff, Los. Uh, I, I, it's been an awesome interview. I know that you know you've got something coming up too. Where can people, where can people learn more about you, about your brands, about what you're doing? Throw some URLs, throw some social media out. I want everyone here who's listening to follow you.
0: Uh, the the best two ways is uh, ecompowerhouse.com and then uh, at Los Hustle on Insta. I reply to everybody. It's me. It's not some person selling you stuff. Uh, we can talk happy to help and guide people. I do a lot of like just quick conversations with people and try to support them. Uh, So if you guys wanna talk uh, at Los Hustle and if not go to econpowerhouse.com and that's
1: it. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. So really, really fun conversation, man. I mean, this was like next level stuff that you can yeah, we do. We definitely do. It's it's fun to talk to someone who's been through the cycles because you can you can tell, right? It's not just like something you read in a book. It's like the advice that comes from having lived and bled <laughs> during the downtimes and knowing you're absolutely right. I keep so much money in the bank account. And I'm constantly testing new things because I know for a fact, there's one fact in business and that's what's working today will not be working a year from now. That is a guarantee. And it's either we evolve and are constantly ahead of it or we wither and die. And that's just a reality, everybody. We accept it. So there you go, everyone. Uh, ecompowerhouse.com or at loshustle on insta and he said he'll reply himself so there's that there's onyxpodcast.com to binge listen to more of our episodes click subscribe if you're on youtube below right now click like come on leave us a comment if you're on any of the other channels make sure you subscribe and leave us some great feedback so we can get this podcast out to even more this is on reminding you when life pushes you stand straight smile and push it the heck back come on let's go out there and make those dreams happen see you later Thanks for listening to The Fighting Entrepreneur with your host,
0: Onyx Singhal.